Uh, but see, that's where you're wrong, Patrick, because <laughs> now um, you can get social studies in every subject. The exact <laughs> social studies they want you to learn will now be every word problem in math, everything you read in language arts, everything, um, every scientist you you learn about um, will either be diverse in the way uh, their pigment aligned itself or diverse in the way they use their genitals um, because uh, because now you're getting social studies in every subject. So they, <laughs> they have solved this problem for you now. Patrick. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, you know, you know, but at, at some point we have to realize the colonizers uh, won, and and to to him go the spoils of victory. So, <laughs> but yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, um, in 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 the time we have left, uh, that that has been a bit for for us on the right, and you know whatever those titles mean. But for I think people are are more apt on the right to to now see that. The press was lying to you. The cops were lying to you. The schools were lying to you. The government definitely was lying to you. Even your side was lying to you. And not only that, but they also hate you. And they make TikTok videos about it. But now they're telling you, and we're coming for your kids. And so that puts a a hand up, especially if you're on the quote unquote losing side of history or society or the culture war or political power. And so we're seeing things like CRT, wokeism, uh, transgenderism, uh, all these these, uh, new educational strands. Uh, You know, uh, uh, we we have to be concerned about pronouns, even though we're talking one-on-one, and I would never care to call you anything other than your name. Um, Are we we hating away from the public school model and and that's it? Or, Or are we... Are we protecting our children too much from experiencing the the, the actual world they're living in? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just a small question. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look, I, I'll go back to the foundation that it is, um, uh, from a Christian's perspective, it is it is your responsibility, especially as a father. Um, it is, it is your responsibility to, um, see to the education of your children such that they're raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, and I do believe some people when they say that that's possible in a public school context, um, uh, and I'm talking about the the intentionally intentionally religionless although you mentioned a couple of things I think qualify as a religion there um, <laughs> in your in your, uh, in your rundown um, but the but the intentionally traditional religion with a book <laughs> less um, uh, um, Although, sorry, even as I say that, they've got books <laughs> written much more recently. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, but the um, it is, so it's so the intentionally Christless, let's say, um, uh, style uh, public education. Um, I I I believe that it is possible to say, look, my kid is going to learn to read learn their times tables, 
I'm sending them to a school that will actually do time tables. Excellent. Uh, they're going to learn to read, learn their time tables. They're going to learn. They're going to, they're going to get the, they're going to get the raw facts. And then I'm going to bring them home and I'm going to resolutely catechize them. I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to keep up with what they're being taught and counteract it with scriptural truths. I'm going to, I, I totally believe that for some people that if you're, if you're taking it seriously and being intentional about it, that for some people that is possible. Sounds harder to me than, <laughs> than some of your other options, but, but, but I can, I can totally believe that's possible. I think where, um, what, what I, what I want to argue though against is the idea, um, that, that you, send your kids out to the public schools as if it was a mission field. Because the mission field is in large measure what you are educating them for. So how, how, how good, how useful would Hudson Taylor have been if he, if, if he dropped into China and became very Chinese, which he did, and that was great and in large measure responsible for the modern missions movement by so doing. Um, but how effective would he have been if he had not first learned the scriptures so that he could then be in so, so, yes, becoming fully Chinese is very important to minister in inland China. Um, but he needed to have known the scriptures first. Look, um, in Calvin's Geneva, they were training men for three years every day. Um, they, uh, they were intensely training men every day for three years. It's one of the big reasons why seminaries are still a three-year program. They would be training men intensely every day for three years. Greek, Latin, Hebrew. Uh, less so Hebrew because there were like 20 people in Europe who knew Hebrew. <laughs> um, but um, uh, because of government policy, by the way, but anyway, <laughs> we'll set that aside. Um, church um, policy, no. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, but they, they were intensely training these men um, for three years to go directly into Italy and last about two weeks before they were killed. Right. Like that is traditionally how we have felt about preparing people for a mission field. <laughs> you, you, you don't just say, <laughs> I've given you no training. Good luck. <laughs> um, um, it's yeah. I, so, and I, and I realize there is, there is, um, there's an ex there, there's shades of gray here. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's impossible that a, especially like a high school level student who has been well-trained in the scriptures. I'm not saying that it's impossible that they could, could actually be a strong witness in school. By the way, they might get a chance to witness to people at their Christian school. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes might, the Christian might, schools have the better drugs than the public schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They might, they might be fine. Uh, they might be fine in, in making non-Christian friends with whom they can share the gospel at the Christian school. Just fine. But, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, so, so that, that's the main, that's the main one I, I want to, um, argue against there. Um, and, um, but then just say, again, I think, I think it's important. First of all, I trust parents. I trust parents way more than I trust an expert, even an expert like me. That's a, that's, uh, an expert in like empowering parents in the education system. Uh, like I, I, I trust parents more than I trust experts to make these, uh, decisions. Um, because, because really, um, I'm the real expert in, in each of my children. Um, there, there, there might be other people who are, who are more expert than me in, in uh, curriculum development, in certain kinds of pedagogy, in, in, in speech pathology, as we discussed. Um, but there's no one more expert than me in, in my six, four, three, and one-year-old, right? Um, and um, I'd argue even their mother, but maybe I'd give her that on some days. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and, and again, we have said um, that uh, that yes, ultimately a school division is going to need to turn out 30,000 individually educated children, but ultimately education is at the individual, uh, level. You can't, um, uh, that, that, yeah, you could, you could, you could go out and, and get statistics, <laughs> on and you could try to measure some some things that you could measure but the ultimate test of an education system is would you want your kid to be in it like no if you if you could know if you could know everything there was to know about it um if you if you had all the knowledge that you could want and if you had the um if you had the knowledge of, of what you would have preferred after it's done, right? Like just assuming, assuming that that's, um, would you, would you have chosen this knowing, knowing the end from the beginning, um, so to speak. Right. <laughs> um, that, that to me is the real test. That's what I mean when I say quality. And that and so would the, would the parents would the parents want it if if they knew everything they needed to know to be able to make that decision would the child want it once they're an adult and looking back and it, assuming that they knew everything they needed to know to make that decision uh, you know aware of their alternatives and 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 aware of of whatever they needed to know to make the decision uh, about whether they they liked or hated their education. Right. Um, that to me is the real, um, is, is the real test of quality. And so, um, and, and so, and I trust, I trust individual parents, um, 
to make that decision to know what's best for their uh, for their individual child. Um, I would I would say that um, that one of the things I heard pervasively on my tour, and you referred to this by you know parents going to school board meetings earlier, is uh, the school is very apt to say, yeah, this is really a partnership between the teachers and the parents. You know, parents are the most important partners of the teachers when they're trying to raise money or get volunteers for the field trip or whatever. But then when you have something you want to change, um, then it's, uh, um, then suddenly the tune changes dramatically and now you're a terrorist. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then I would say, that if you are in that kind of context, that some of the things that we've already said um, can can help guide you. So, okay. So, one thing that we said before we started recording is that that as a generalization, um, because of the way we have structured our education system, unfortunately, um, teaching attracts some of the most. Um, some of the most risk averse and non entrepreneurial subset within that strata of knowledge and, and, and grades and so forth. Right. So, so, um, uh, so that among, among the people who do well enough in school that they might consider teaching, but not so, incredibly well in school it, well I, you know those people sometimes consider becoming professors or whatever but um uh but uh, uh but often they <laughs> drop out start a company especially if they're highly entrepreneurial right <laughs> um but uh so then uh unfortunately the way we set up our system is it uh, attracts some of the most risk averse most uh, most non-entrepreneurial uh, people. That's a generalization, but it's unfortunately broadly true. Um, but then we've also talked about this uh, reading science uh, thing, and some of the, we've talked about some of these some of these issues. So I found in in helping guide parents in how to have these conversations with the teachers is. Um, in, if if you're if you get yourself in a chain of escalation, where you're where you're you're escalating from the teacher to the principal, from the principal to the superintendent, or to the school trustee, from the school trustee to your member of legislative assembly, or your or your state rep, or or whatever, and all the way up to the education minister, or or the go- I don't know. In, uh, in no the, one knows. That's the whole point of the, the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh so if you're if you're if if you're in this if you're in this escalation cycle right like the person who is most motivated for you to not escalate is the classroom teacher um that is the person who least wants this to escalate because um uh because of that risk aversion <laughs> um uh they they uh are generally the person in this process who least wants to uh, to escalate this situation, and um, 
they are they are most involved with the the direct education of the student. So what I found a lot of success in with the parents that I'm that I'm advising on how to approach these things is have have a relatively informal conversation with your kid's teacher as as the if if you would normally email them then email's fine email is is good to have a record of the conversation but if you wouldn't normally email them then talk to them at pickup do whatever you would normally do don't don't set off alarm bells right away and and so say say it's johnny has two mommies and and that's and that's the issue that you want to address with these teachers. So they're, they're, they're having them read Johnny has two moms. What I found a lot of success with is, is just the approach of rather than, rather than immediately go in and setting off alarm bells, say, um, it just, just do something where you can kick it back to your expertise as the parent. And an easy way to do that in this situation would be to say, so, so as you, as I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, kids do a lot better when they're reading things that they're interested in. And I would say it's something like that, like not don't use the fancy words, because if you use if you say, well, from the pedagogical research, then that's <laughs> going to that's going to kick off like a, uh, a competitive instinct in a lot of teachers, like you're challenging their professionalism. But if you if you if you say it in a simple layperson's way, uh as, as I'm, I'm sure you know, kids do a lot better when they're reading things that they're interested in. And knowing my kid as I do, Johnny Has Two Mommies, not the kind of thing that they're interested in. So I was wondering if we could read something else. But <laughs> it's like, um, and, and, and then have suggestions of things that your kid is interested in. And that 99%, of, except for the most ideologically sold out teachers on the planet, 99% of the time that's going to work, <laughs> right? Is because, because they don't want to, they don't want this to turn into a fight. They're uh, most of them aren't social justice warriors out for your kids. It's like, that might be the milieu that they, that might be where they, they, what, what their college classmates, <laughs> if they, if their college classmates could be watching this meeting, they might feel pressured <laughs> to, to go all social, social justice warrior on you. But most of them don't actually want to go there because they don't really want to be having this fight. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, and, and it's actually a very small minority who actually uh, are ideologically motivated to, to steal your kids out from under you. It's just those are the people who do well in the unions, it tends to be. Uh, but uh, so, so, so just have that, just have that simple conversation um, to, to present it in that way. And then, then, by the way, um, if you feel like you need a record of this conversation, then you go home and you say, I was thinking more about our conversation. Now, now my understanding is that, that I said this and you said this, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that this is how our conversation played out. And I had a couple more thoughts about that and here they are. And then you've got a record of that conversation in email, right? And so, so then you've got both. You've, you've had the pretty non-confrontational, you've had a pretty natural follow-up that shouldn't 
shouldn't be making them think that you're coming for them, but you've also got the record <laughs> of, of the conversation so that if things change in the future, um, that you've, uh, that you've got their record. And by the way, this is what I do at the Christian school. So, <laughs> so like, so you should definitely be doing it. <laughs> this, um, this would be the anti-Karen approach where you're not asking for the manager and blowing up yeah, at a hundred no. right off the bat. You're like, no. Hey, this is a partnership. <laughs> let, let, let me yeah. be, be also, there with you. Let me be that parent who you're not used to interacting with. Why Johnny can't read. I want Johnny right. to read. Can he read? a selection of these three books, can you help him? Can you help me choose what, what would be the good Avenue? Yeah. Most, um, see most teachers don't want to go to the mat on this. You start getting into the administrators that starts changing. <laughs> you get into administrators, you get into principals, you get into superintendents. Um, and, and we see that, this from following the money as well is when, when, the unions start talking about money per students. We don't realize where that's being divvied up and the giant growth of administration in higher education. And then now it's funneled finally back into lower education is in administration, people who need their title to keep their job. And so their push is always for uh, the, the diversity administrator. Well, that person's not going to move towards your direction because that's not being diverse. That's, that, that's, that's being Christian. We're, we're not supposed to be doing that. I, that's my one goal in life is to not have Christians tell us what to do. I, I ban the books I want to ban. You don't tell me what books to ban. Well, and I know you always shake your head at this every time I bring it up, but <laughs> Alberta spent $3.4 billion on the Alberta Class Size Initiative which saw class sizes increase in the province of Alberta. So what happened to that money? It went into administration. It didn't go into the classrooms. It ballooned, it ballooned the administration. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's what we see. Anytime, anytime there's an increase in funding that isn't very tightly controlled, <laughs> um, uh, that's what we see. And part of that is, Part of that is because of regulatory burden, because if you're if you're putting more regulations and reporting requirements and so forth, then you're going to have to have administrative bloat to keep up with it. And if you're not, if if you're if 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 these school divisions are ballooning and the schools themselves are ballooning and 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 um, it suddenly becomes a lot easier to hire an expert than to listen to the real experts, it suddenly becomes. Uh, it suddenly becomes a lot easier to um, uh, for a parent's voice to get lost in this um, uh, in this massive bureaucracy. Um, then, then you need um, that. It, so, this is obviously that's a that's a self perpetuating cycle. Is what is the point I'm getting at? Is is the the bigger the bigger things get there, there's a natural tendency there. You're going to need more so-called experts because you're losing touch with the, with the real experts, the parents. Um, and, and, just, and just a real quick aside, we can replace the word education with healthcare and get the same, same exact talking points here too. So yeah. <laughs> again, this isn't just apologetics only. This isn't just education only. This, this, this permeates throughout this, our entire culture 
this is how this is how God made the world and how and how people <laughs> sometimes <laughs> malform it, right? Like this this is this is um uh this this is uh this is God's world uh with the rules the rules of the game the way he made them and you so you'll see it repeat across fields <laughs> for sure. Um and so um uh so that so that's part of it. There's also um the less you're getting input from parents, the more you're going to need uh legal professionals and insurance and and they're gonna start calling the shots and that's more compliant more administrative and more um yeah if you have goals the education of them then and then starting to creep into your into the mission of your um uh starts there starts to be mission drift in a direction other than the simple education of the children then that's going to lead to administrative bloat so you've got lots of sources um uh of this and 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 just the simple um just a simple fact that you know institutions would prefer to perpetuate themselves right <laughs> uh it is this is this is sort of this is sort of how institutions work without particularly without profit signals particularly particularly without without a motivation to get smaller um that that's simply simply how institutions tend to work um but yeah so so you can my point is you can even start to see it um outside the public system you can even start to see this because either there's regulatory pressures or it's just how how things work <laughs> um uh you'll see it much less outside if in in schools of choice where where parents have to affirmatively families have to affirmatively choose these schools um then then you'll see it a lot less because there's a lot more of a something resembling a price signal there that can uh, that can that can rein that in, but they're not immune from it. Especially again, if you're the regulatory requirements themselves are 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 going to impose a cost um, that uh, that is that the response is going to be uh, more, and then even even things we don't think of as regulation, but like, um, uh, but like, you know, the, the, um, prevalence of, of, uh, sexual abuse or bullying in, in the system is to avoid liability, to avoid, um, political blame to avoid, um, and, 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 and for good hearted purposes that we'd like to avoid sexual abuse and bullying, you'll see more, you'll see more administration start to start to, uh, step in. So there, there, yeah, the, these, these forces for this ballooning of administration are overdetermined. Um, and, uh, uh, but, um, but the more the the more of that we see the the 
the less and less of what we are spending for the education of students is actually making it to the classroom. And the less and less that parent's voice is going to be able to get through the noise, which again is why start with the classroom teacher, because once you get into that bureaucracy, <laughs> uh, it's a hydra. You, <laughs> right. you, you cut off one head to, to come in its place. But, but um, so, so stick to that classroom teacher when you can. Um, uh, and, and then I might also almost recommend starting from the other direction, like start with elected officials. Bureaucrats have very, very little motivation <laughs> um, to, uh, 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 to, uh, to listen to you. Like they've got, they've got their own um, sort of bureaucratic institutional motivations, which you may or may not be able to, uh, you may or may not be able to use to motivate them, but you've got an automatic motivation with a, with a politician that, Hey, if you handle this poorly enough, I could go to a newspaper. I could run against you. I could, you know, <laughs> you could, um, you could have a, you just, you could simply have a parent revolt that, that makes your job less fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. This is all, this is all very motivating to an elected official, less so to a, less so to a superintendent. Um, you know, some of whom make more than the president of the United, president of the United States. Um, and there's very, very little, very little you can do to convince them uh, that uh, you can bring down their house of cards. Yeah, that's why I always want to be a mid-level stooge so that I'm lost in the in the milieu of, of, the, <laughs> of the machine, but I still get the kickbacks and, and not have to do much work. And I think it, so. So we're talking about essentially uh, the left has certain things right. Where is the place of power? We want the power as parents, because there are children. And I think all parents desire that in some fashion, even if you believe in running a full on com communist co-op, uh, you, you have the desire to put your children in that. And so uh, f finding the, 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 the ability to have the most impact with the most amount of power at the best price, what you're talking about is, is taking the, the Christian nice approach of, of, uh, viewing that person in the image of God and then having a conversation that doesn't uh, 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 imbue that person with vile hatred towards you because you're, you're spitting in their face almost directly. On the other hand of that, having the bureaucracy, we can wait every four or six years to vote people in, but people like Corey DeAngelis have been pushing forward the, the um, funding students, not uh, uh programs or I'm sorry, funding, funding people, not the programs. You're, are you trying to say funding students, not systems? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> the SS <Yeah. laughs> the, or the PP. Um, and, and so there you have kind of what's a voucher program and the schools, your, your public schools, if, if, if they're the best, if, if, if so many people support them, if the, the, the money follows the student, that's where it's going to go. Why would it go away from good systems unless if the parents choose to take that money and, and it's not here, here's uh, here, everyone, here's $15,000 a year. It's in your hand and you can spend it on big screen TVs and strippers. This is, uh, you know, set aside strictly for to send your student to whatever uh, uh, 
system that to, to go to uh, homeschools uh, by uh, materials, books, co-ops, uh, uh, private education. It gives the the parents the ability to take that, you know, that overbloated uh, uh, per year per student cost and and put it towards the 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 way that you want your own child to to be educated. And that way it it splits up that one policy system into okay, let's let's use economics to find the best route for our money. And then we'll find that and more people will go to it. More people will improve upon it because it's getting more money. And we're, we'll see what 50 states will do as opposed to one federal system. And so that, that, that voucher program doesn't hurt the public schools only in the sense that they can't build up their machine to hate you more. It's empowering you with the money that we're even saying, like, for you and I, we would say, my money is my money. Stay away from it. But also, we can pool our money together as individuals privately or as a church and, and, and create our own school or send a group of kids to these three choices. But l- let's even say, I believe in funding the kid down the street who comes from a broken home, and I want a centralized power to do that. This would take that same route, but that kid with their parents who probably do love him, we're not opining people that hate their kids or... You know, wish abortion would cover 99 months after after birth. But the people are parents in just different situations, and that money is then following the route uh, that's best for them. And if that's the public, great. Public school will improve because they're going to want to capture the most amount. They're going to keep the, the bad people out that they don't need and also say, hey, we have the best sports program. So if you're an athlete, the athletes go to – you know, Apple Elementary, and from there we we train them up in football, nothing but football. We 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 talk about how many you know steps in math. Uh, we run plays uh, in of history. We we look at uh, the, the the logic of of quarterback thinking throughout history, and and so that's where you're going to train those people up. But you're also going to want them to be good students so that they survive and tell good things about your school. Then will bring more money captured into it. So Corey DeAngelis and, and his folks uh, uh, have been pushing for that. And in the States and I believe in Canada, that that's really been resonating well, so much so that politicians are winning and losing based on that, who are traditionally the opposite side of the, of the, the divide of Republicans or, or Democrats. Well, it's especially, especially been in Republican nominations. Uh, Republican primaries um, uh, that that we've seen it's um, school choice has become a litmus test issue for Republicans in the States Um, more than actually I I saw a poll of Oklahomans, Oklahoma Republicans said where school choice actually barely edged out um, abortion as being a litmus test issue for Oklahoma Republicans. So, so it was, they were one and two and they were both in the high nineties. It was, it was, it was, um, uh, but, but it's, it's, so it's, it's really very rapidly. And I would say, I would say because of the global lockdown um, is uh, it's really very rapidly at least achieved parity with, with abortion as being a 
as as being a litmus test issue for Republicans um, in Republican primaries. And so, um, so our our mutual friend uh, Josh uh, uh, from Iowa, his governor, um, just just straight up ran ran primary opponents against everyone who opposed her school choice bill. Um, and who was, who was up for reelection? Um, and, and went like almost ran the table. I think only one of them lost. Like, <laughs> and, and, uh, um, and so, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely become a litmus test issue for Republicans, but yes, even it, it's, um, uh, it's even, jump the rails outside of that. I mean, even to some extent, you look at the uh, San Francisco school board recall and that the San Francisco parents, which are not Republicans, let's just <laughs> put that out there. Um, uh, San Francisco parents um, recalled successfully, recalled all the school board trustees that were eligible for recall. Um, they got rid of all of them because largely because it, it, there were, it was overdetermined, but largely because they're renaming schools uh, that aren't open. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and so it's definitely a, uh, um, you're, you're definitely seeing it even outside the uh, uh, any any sort of traditional partisan or or uh, or expected political uh, uh, alignment, but okay. So I know I know you're probably trying to trying to wrap up at this point, but you've you've just sort of centrally landed on most of what I like more centrally on what I actually do in my day job. So oh, man, I've centralized um, the conversation. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but a few things I would say one, um, uh, that yes, we do want a safety net for kids who would not otherwise be educated historically before the, the Prussian widget factory model of, of education. It was, it was religious communities that would be that safety net that would make sure that your kid was educated. <laughs> if, are, are you saying that the department of education, in the U- United States that was formed in 1979 is, is not the, the, uh, from ye old time history of, of how we do things and that governments, especially from the federal level, use their dollar bills to influence the local levels so that they obtain the most amount of power like they did with roads. I'm mm, shocked. I'm shocked. Yeah. This is new information. I, I, you should be, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put in one more plug for, uh, the Canadian, especially Albertan education system here and say, uh, we don't have any federal education policy in, in Canada, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and, um, so America uh, has Canadianized itself over Canada. <laughs> well, yeah, in the sense that, in the sense that the, uh, the, the, uh, most natural understanding of what a, a province of a central government would mean versus what a state um, would mean than, uh, than, uh, than yes. Um, but, um, 
Although that would be an oversimplification. We're both <laughs> uh, we're we're both intended to be decentralized, um, and both of our federal governments have over overrun that pretty significantly. Um, but so far in education, not so much. Now, mild exception, the federal government did send a boatload of COVID money, um, and over over the the course of the uh, global lockdowns, um, but. Uh, so we, we need to keep a, a close eye because, you know, they start giving you money for emergencies and then the money never goes away and then the strings come. Neither do the uh, emergencies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you've told me is that if I declare an emergency, I have more power. So then what I need to do is declare more emergencies. This is funny. Um, uh, even the, the English Civil War, is because the the large one of the one of the triggering events was the king, the king had had the the power to levy a tax without parliament, um, in the form of ship money, which was supposed to be for the Spanish Armada is is sailing here right now. Either provide me a certain number of ships or provide me the money to buy those ships, um, because we are under imminent attack. But it did not define the, the <laughs> defining an imminent attack was left up to the king. The king got to define when the emergency was. So every year he would levy ship money. They'd be like, and, and they'd be like, so this has just become a tax that you're doing without without parliament, which is like you're getting around the whole point <laughs> of parliament. Um, and. Uh, uh, and this was this was one of the the sources of the English Civil War. So yeah, you have these you you have these <laughs> pull in case of emergency, um, and uh, and it's like, but but I I get so much more when I pull it. <laughs> maybe maybe this gets to be an emergency. Um, so so yeah, that's um, uh, so that's a big problem, and and that's something we would have to watch here in Canada is that we don't have continuous emergency funding coming from the feds um, because, because yeah, that would eventually mean that you will have federal education policy. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, the, um, uh, so, uh, and, and so, yeah, these, the, uh, Traditionally, you've had a decentralized way of having that safety net, very decentralized, even more decentralized than provinces, <laughs> very decentralized um, way of having that, uh, having that safety net. Um, obviously, obviously, it would be good to get back to that. I understand that that's not where our society is right now. We can't. We can't have that. that you know, you, we've, we've atrophied that muscle. Right to where we can't have that, we can't have that safety net tomorrow, and and there will be real human suffering if we try, and it won't work because of the real human suffering. So, uh, and 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 we won't try it for long. So it would be a policy failure, and and we would go back to a worse system um, if we tried it. So, so, so pragmatically, then the the best thing we can do is is try to decentralize with that safety net in place. Unfortunately, for now, it will have to be provided by the government. <laughs> um, uh, 
which is to say the, the civil magistrate, um, uh, since families and churches are also governments. Um, but, uh, so I, so that, that for now, for now, I, um, you know, recognizing that we live in a fallen world that we, we, we can't get back, we can't get back to, uh, um, uh, where our, where our society has deviated from uh, all that quickly, that it's it's you're still going to have to have this safety net provision by the state for now, um, but but that at least what we can do then is decentralize it and put it in the hands of individual parents and individual communities and and society charities formed under the Societies Act in the case of Alberta or whatever the equivalent would be wherever you live, um, that we put it in, the, in, in those hands, decentralized hands as much as possible so that, so that it, as, as much as possible, we're decentralizing down to the kitchen table level, but where that's not possible to at least the individual school level, the individual society level uh, is society in the sense of charity. <laughs> Sorry. That's how we use the word society legally in, in Alberta. Um, and, uh, um, and so, uh, so yeah, the, so that, so that as much as possible, we're, we're getting things down, uh, to that level. That would be, that would be the goal. That would be, um, uh, that would be where, where this whole school choice movement is ultimately headed. And anyone, anyone who isn't isn't upfront about that, maybe you should be suspect of their motives, right? As I was, uh, well, I, I, I dropped in the, the secret discord for the, uh, um, uh, anarchist Bible study. I, I, a link to a, a, a piece from these education reformers who are like, is education reform dead? Because even though we've had this massive expansion of school choice, we're not getting centralized testing and centralized Washington bureaucrats, and we're not getting Common Core and and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, these guys are on another planet. It's like this is this is the the most wildly successful education reform we've seen in a generation. It's not and, reform and because like, I don't have golden toilet seats. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like is education reform dead? Um, so. So yeah, I mean, I would be I would be suspect of of, um, of of anyone who isn't who isn't willing to be upfront about that. Is that that's the direction that's that's the goal. That's the direction this is headed. Is is radical decentralization, and and so that brings me to one other point. You 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 called them you called them vouchers, and I don't I don't object to that word. It's not. I mean, it's the word that uh, Milton Friedman used in 1955, the, the government role in education. It's a fine enough, fine enough word. I don't hate it. Um, but what a lot of people think of vouchers and what Friedman was himself suggesting, because this other idea hadn't quite been thought of yet, <laughs> was taxes go to the central government. Um, central government sends a, a voucher, a, a coupon, a, a gift certificate. Right. <laughs> back out to all the families um which they can spend however they want uh, on education like mm -hmm. it's it's mark for education but within that realm the you know these these uh verified education expenses you can you can spend spend it on any of these verified education expenses um 
and and that they um and that the there's at least an implicit promise that will will sort of stay out of the way other than verifying what you can spend it on one of the developments and that's this was actually sort of a blessing in disguise because in the united states a lot of state constitutions were in my opinion misinterpreted to say that school vouchers were against the state constitution because the state constitution says you have to fund the public school they argued that that these vouchers could be spent on things other than the public school. Some of them were on uh, uh, First Amendment uh, anti-establishment of religion grounds. Uh, some of them were on the state constitution says we have to fund public schools. This is an avenue to not fund the public schools. Ergo, this breaks the state constitution. Either way, I think I think they were wrong. But what that um, you know, necessity being the mother of invention, um, what even Milton Friedman's own own education charity, which uh, uh, the uh, Milton and Rose Friedman Foundation was renamed EdChoice after I believe Rose's death. I think that was in their in their will that they rename it no longer after the Friedmans after whichever the last of them was. Uh, died um so it's now called ed choice and and they've become one of the the biggest proponents of a new model called an education savings account which is a little different in the sense that this money is never officially taxed so it's deferred from taxation first and it's either either controlled by an office of the state government, which is less good, or by a charity, which was more good, um, um, that can, that can then, uh, that can then, they can confirm uh, that things are being spent on verified education expenses. And that's basically the only, because it's not government money, it's not tax money, um, then, um, then they have no say. And they're like structurally, legally, they wouldn't be able to, and courts have, courts have said, well, and um, actually, Carson v. Macon, a Supreme Court decision from this last term, justifiably buried in a lot of other Big. wonderful <laughs> Supreme Court decisions. Um, but um, uh, but Carson v. Macon, a U.S. Supreme Court decision from this last term, uh, said, "Yeah, Maine, if you're going to if you're going to give people money for this state tuition program." you can't exclude religious schools just because they're religious mm -hmm. from, from this, uh, from this tuition assistance program. Um, uh, and, and that was even not this education savings account design. The education savings account design is even, even more safe <laughs> from, from, from the government than saying, okay, here's how you have to spend this money or, or, okay, if a school's going to take this money, they have to change their admission requirements to take in everybody, whether they agree with the religion or the purpose of the school at all or not, or whatever, right? Is like, that really cuts down on the ability for there to be strings and makes it, um, makes it much more philosophically supportable for those of us who, who, who see an idolatrous pretension in in the state and would like to see it cut down to size um that uh, uh definitely uh definitely makes uh makes it even more philosophically supportable and even more like what we would 
we would want to see. So, so those developments are extremely, um, uh, those, those developments are, are extremely heartening. And so, and I would say, um, I would say that, that, uh, there's, I think so much, so much demand now for parent empowerment for, for money following the child that, that I, I think it's, um, especially in red states, but not just in red states. Um, I think there's going to be so much, um, uh, that, that again, it's become, it's become almost definitional of what it is to be a Republican. Lots of, lots of that 0.1% of Republicans, uh, 0.1% of teacher union money that was going to Republicans. A lot of, a lot of that money they're going to start to be able to save because these guys are going down and, and, and they're going to have a much harder time even finding Republicans to support. But, um, but, uh, uh, and, and obviously, obviously for now that has driven the other party in the other direction. It's made them more reliant on the teacher union money. It's, I mean, right now, right now there's a, um, there's a teacher's union member in the white house, um, in, a Dr. Jill Biden, her, her, her doctorate is in education and she's a member of the national education association. And, and then, and then they are, the Bidens are close friends with Randy Weingarten, the, uh, the president of the other major, um, union in the United States and the actually much more politically active, <laughs> um, uh, well, they're, they're both quite very politically active, but much more politically hardline, maybe I should say much more just, just blatantly democratic party rather than, rather than, rather than being about, uh, representing teachers. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, so for now you've had a, a ratchet effect in the other direction, but I think, I think ultimately, uh, to the point that, to the point in the, the, uh, in the last democratic primary, uh, uh, Cory for president, Cory Booker, who has been a school choice proponent in the past, he sort of ratcheted back towards towards downplaying that significantly at the very least, perhaps even perhaps even moving away from it entirely because um, because that's become become even more unpopular in his party. Whereas Barack Obama ran on school choice mm-hmm. um, to some extent, at least. Um, and so, so you definitely, and charter, charter schools in particular, um, the Obama administration was trying to encourage more charter schools, more accountability, merit pay, like they were in on, 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 uh, on that sort of thing. But, uh, but I think, uh, but I think that's relatively temporary, right? Because I think, I, I think, um, there's, it's, like we've seen, we've seen if you take the parents for granted and you say parents don't get to have a say in their child's education, then you can't even win a state like Virginia. <laughs> we saw that happen directly. Right. <laughs> so, um, also, you can kill your kids after they're born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but but Virginia, which was increasingly not so much a purple state even anymore, it was increasingly increasingly moving into the blue column. Even there, um, you can have a pretty um, you can have a pretty strong surge against um, that kind of ideology. Um, you know, you've so I think you've I think you've seen. Um, I think you've seen some signs there that, uh, that, uh, um, that this is not staking out the maximalist like teacher union position is not a winning play, um, on, on the other side of things because teachers unions, uh, overplayed their hands in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, the global lockdowns. Um, and so there's, a uh, there's definitely, uh, a bit of a backlash. And by the way, I would say, you know, we've talked about sort of the, the two big litmus tests for Republicans being, being abortion and school choice in, in the, uh, in the political center and even, even headed onto the political left side of the aisle, school choices, way more popular than than the than the pro-life position now that's not that that's not a that's not a moral argument but i'm just saying practically i think you're gonna you're gonna see even even democrats tack back to the center on school choice just because i think there's such a powerful demand for it and it's and and um you know you've mentioned cory DeAngelis. you can you can see him just dismantle these arguments um, pretty easily, easily uh, on on Twitter all day, every day, yeah. right? Because because they just they fall apart in the and 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 at the at the at the least scrutiny, um, and so you know at, at the the most the most predictable <laughs> uh, the most predictable thing ever is some some politician somewhere uh, tweets that that uh that school choice is defunding public schools and he tweets he he quote tweets them why would school choice defund public schools and they block him right like because they're so <laughs> awful and that's why yeah. they need more money yeah or or, yeah. or or the other side where he goes but you sent your kids to a private school yeah. why is it good uh, for yeah. you and not good for yeah. parents or, of yeah. your district or whatever yeah you went to a private school um, was, was one. Yeah. Uh, you, you went to a private school, your kids go to a private school. Um, definitely. Um, the, the Obama I, sent I theirs to private schools too. And <laughs> why was it good for them to shop around in schools, but not everybody in the nation that they were, you know, sending to public schools only. Yeah. I love the West wing, but in the last Oh, yeah. Season of the West Wing, the Santoses decide to send their kids to kids to the public school, and I'm like, no, don't buy it. Yep, never that, gonna happen. It's when you know it's a work of fiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> never gonna happen. DC yeah. public schools in that year, I can't remember what year that was. Never, ever, ever gonna happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> no one who could afford not to is sending their kid to a DC public <laughs> school in in 2005 or whatever that year was, um, and. Uh, um, and so, um, 
So yeah, absolutely. And I, I wanted, I, 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 uh, my pop culture, pop cultural ignorance came back to bite me, uh, because, uh, there was this one politician, he must've been a Michigan politician, uh, because, um, because over and over and over people were tweeting at him, you went to Cranbrook, that's a private school. And, and I got the real world reference that, okay, Cranbrook is a private school in Detroit and, or near Detroit or whatever. Um, and I got, I got the real world reference and then, oh, okay, this, and like Google, okay, this politician went to Cranbrook. Okay. I don't, I don't, but I didn't get why everyone was saying those exact words in that exact format over and over and over again. And I needed, I needed someone to not get it from the other direction and go, Oh, I didn't know why everyone was tweeting eight mile references of this guy. (laughs) I didn't realize he actually went to Cranbrook uh, private school. And so I didn't get the, I didn't get the eight mile reference. Um, I needed someone to not get it from the other direction for me to realize what was, (laughs) (laughs) what was happening there. Uh, Michigan for movies. They have eight mile and Prancer. And, and I guess Escanaba in the oh. Moonlight. So uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I guess those are our movies claims of fame uh, for, mm. for, for a little bit there. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we only scratched the surface. We talked about this even an hour and a half before we hit record <laughs> and we still didn't scratch the surface. So that means there's a lot more out there. But uh, let me just uh, uh, kind of talk about a little bit of, of what we did talk about. Christians, who this is for. Uh, apologetics is the defense of the faith. One of the ways that we can help our families defend the faith is through proper education. Deuteronomy six, uh, after the Shema, the, the, the most basic and, and primitive and important command to the Jews at the time, especially in the midst of the paganism that they were a part of, uh, God said, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them on the sign of your hand, and they shall be the frontlets uh, between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, Jews today also do this uh, 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 specifically and, and, and literally. This isn't just, oh, it, teach the ways of God. This is... Here's how animals procreate. Here's how to get the best crop. Here's the way that God set up the world. Here's the way that God uh, uh, commands us to do uh, to, to 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 do economics, to have uh, uh, not uneven scales, to to be fair, to to respect the Sabbath. All these things were done uh, not just in the in in those movements of sitting down and lying down and talking with them. All of it was under the guise of this is God's world, and we act in such a way that honors him in everything that we do. And it's, it's also in what we teach our kids. It's what we um, are commanded to in Scripture. It's what we as Christians want to do as well because we love our families. We put our, our uh, wives before us so that we can honor them and give up ourselves as Christ gave up himself for the church and for our children you know, to, to, to have parents die for children, giving kidneys or lifting helicopters off them, uh, are, are normal. They're, they're positive reinforcement to us because, uh, they, they cry out for a normal response to us of yes. And that's what I would do for my family. And so Hmm. finding the right way to educate your kid is you building that dynasty in them that God commands each of us to do, uh, as, as, 
as men, we're commanded to lead our family. And so be active, even if you do homeschool, be active and care about what your wife is teaching because it is ultimately your responsibility, just as the pastor is responsible for for your salvation walk and growth uh, to, 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 to be absent from that and just say, well, I put the, the curriculum on the table because I make the money is doing a disservice to, to your family. Be involved in some way and, and, and do that. If you're not homeschooling and you, and you cannot do it, find the best way. As Jeff talked about, be a Christian. When you talk to the parents, form those relationships. Uh, when, 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 uh, you talk to the teacher, you want them to go, Oh, I'm not used to parents taking my advice on here's uh, supplement material to help them understand it. Perfect. Do those things. Don't, you know, we, we see the worst on there. We see the worst on TikTok of them wanting to corrupt your children and you may experience that too. And so one of those ways is through finding alternates and ed and you have to care about your kids because you understand, as we've talked about in a number of books that we've, we've presented on the show, there is no neutrality. You're either, Christian or you're not, you're either doing what God wants or you're not. And that's what the other side also believes. And you want them to believe that because that's the way that God has created everything. And so again, we, we talk about these things from a worldview perspective and education is extremely important in the worldview perspective. It's how our children are seeing the world. And we want to be involved in some fashion uh, uh, with that. The most being homeschooling or some type of alternative education where we're not sending them away for eight hours for Caesar to put, you know, make them into, into Romans as the, the, uh, the, the line from a better man than I, uh, uh, goes, uh, for, for, for anyone who has missed that, uh, uh, citation. And so build the dynasty in your home, be the leader that you want to be. And, and wives, if, if, you need to have that conversation with your your husband as well. If you're convicted for it, th- that that's that's a positive sign. And if public school is the way to go, then uh, be involved and understand that you have just as much as an uphill battle if you have a nine to five job and have to come home and categorize your your child out of what bad stuff that they learned or putting those things that they learned into proper context through a Christian worldview. And so. Each, each way, each way that we're doing it, um, uh, put strengths, put weaknesses. The socialization aspect, I think, has has come a long way since the lockdowns. Probably one of the only positives of the lockdown is realizing that homeschool families aren't as weird as what you thought they were and has become uh, a numbers game. So we're... Where 1 million homeschool people might have been weird, 3.2 million is becoming less weird. And so we spread the weirdness out. <laughs> and, and we've also realized what socialization is and, and having the co-ops uh, is, is helping that too. And having churches care about what happens to their congregation outside of just Sunday is also helping that. If you're working two jobs, three jobs as a single parent, you can find a place in, in the church or um, uh, uh, people that care about your kids just as much as you do but you care about them more. And so that's why you you find the right path and care about it because this is what uh, we're called to do as Christians. And this is what um, we want to do as parents who, who love our children. And so th- this is a, a, a fuller expression of that in uh, a mindset of caring about uh, our, our family as we lead them in the way that God commands us to. So Jeff, where can we go for more? Uh, and does uh, the Albertan... Uh, parents union, does it, w- w- 
can any good thing good come out of Canada? It, it, will it help? <laughs> will it help us Americans who are vastly superior and more freedom mindset, especially these last three years? I mean, we've been super freedom mindset. That can anything <laughs> can, can can the Alberta Parents Union help us with education choice as well? Well, until this year, I would have said Alberta is the jurisdiction you should look to in an English-speaking jurisdiction um, to uh, to follow from a school choice perspective. I can't say that anymore. Now you should look at Arizona, and then then if you if you want to see what what a older more before some of these innovations that we've talked about uh version of this might look like you could uh you could look to alberta but um arizona unfortunately has surpassed us um and uh, uh basically florida has promised to the next time they have a legislative session so so we're gonna get we're going to get outrun by uh, by two places that have significantly better weather than us. It's, um, it's hotter. They can move quicker there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, um, I always, every time every time someone uh, uh, recommends a, a policy that worked really well in Vancouver, I always say, okay, it, was that policy responsible for Vancouver's weather? Because, because if it wasn't, I don't think that's what gets people to move to Vancouver. I think, (laughs) um, um, I think unless that policy can cause Vancouver weather, um, that we might have to attract people with freedom. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, um, Alberta, Alberta has, um, a world-class education system because we have had so much, choice in education, so much parent empowerment for so long. Um, Alberta has been uh, third in uh, language arts, um, third in science um, on on the, the last set of uh, uh, internationally normed uh, tests, which I've said internationally normed tests, not the BL and end-all, but at least it's a thing you can measure um, to uh, uh, to rank jurisdictions. And Alberta came in third on language arts, third in uh, science, um, and uh, eighth in math behind only Quebec, where we send all our money, um, and uh, uh, in Canada, um, and, uh, and before... Before we uh, went through one of those uh, discovery math fads in this province, we were we were uh, first in Canada in math, and uh, and and I, I'm comparing us to the rest of Canada because obviously um, that that makes a, that's where we uh, would be most comparable, but also uh, also because that's Alberta. I know I know the school choice landscape in the rest of Canada even better than I know it in the United States, and. Uh, and Alberta is far and away, not even close, way more school choice than anywhere else in Canada. Um, and so, uh, but even among all education jurisdictions in the world, third um, in uh, uh, language arts and science, eighth in math. So, um, so we had a world, we've had a world-class education system and it's not because we don't, we don't spend more on our education system. Uh, we're, we're pretty middling among similarly rich jurisdictions. Um, it's, it's not because we, uh, pay teachers more, although we do, we, we do pay our teachers (laughs) better than a lot of places. Um, 
but uh, it doesn't it doesn't really the studies haven't really been able to bear out any relationship there. Um, it's uh, uh, it's not because of our curriculum. Our curriculum's like fifty years old. The only thing the last three parties that have run this province agree on is that it's really old and needs to be rewritten. So they've all tried. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not because of class size. Like I mentioned, we had a big class size initiative during which class sizes uh, increased. We had that class size initiative because our class sizes were actually fairly large for OECD countries. Um, it's because we have choice in education. It's because we have parental empowerment. So, so that's the main thing I would say that Americans can learn from Alberta. It's not, <laughs> um, uh, uh, the presence of oil does not make us smarter. Okay, it, it's it's not it's not cattle that makes us smarter. All it, it, because then then Texas has more of both. I think um, it's it's a um, uh, it's it's parent empowerment. Um, it's it's the ability uh, the ability for uh, for parents to be able to guide the education of their child more to 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 let families make these these decisions over kitchen tables. Um, and uh, uh, and that that I would say is is the model that Alberta can have uh, for the rest of the world. Um, I uh, uh, and uh, I would say that um, that that is what we should expect as Christians that that uh, that that God God did not put man in the garden and, um, and say, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Let me send him a bureaucrat. <laughs> um, you know, he sent him a wife. He established the family first. God understood that the family takes precedence and that the family is, is the first most necessary government, um, before, before anything else. So that, so that giving primacy to families to make these decisions is what we should expect um, from Deuteronomy, yes, but all the way back to creation. Um, and uh, and so I would say I would say that that um, that is very much in keeping with the world that God made, the world we should expect to see if if Christianity were true. Um, so. There you go. I'll put all the uh, links in the description. If you're at a deficit for Lord of the Ring memes, uh, support Jeff uh, with uh, uh, the Buy Me a Coffee link. Uh, or uh, uh, Jeff Park YYC is the uh, the handle for J, J Park J, J Park, Park YYC. YYC. Uh, J, the letter J. The letter J Park yeah. YYC. Yeah, not like Homer Simpson's middle name J. But the letter J, yes. <laughs> and, and no one will get uh, Simpsons references anymore because uh, it hasn't been relevant for 30 years now. Uh, uh, so all that will be included in the description. Uh, clearly, we're at two episodes. Uh, so th thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, Tony will be back next time. Uh, and uh, I, I, I got two people who I, I knew could uh, could talk a lot that would uh, give us the content to, to, to give him some uh, moving time. So uh, other than that I severely love Jeff and uh, learning from him is, is always amazing and stretching and you should never do it if you never want to change because uh, you're <laughs> almost forced to, because he uses this thing called the word of God to, to, to drive points. And uh, sometimes I don't appreciate that. And I also have to read more because of him, but, uh, but check him out, check uh, Anarchist Bible study. 
uh, uh, for for all your Bible study needs. It's not just politics that they talk about. Although that's in there, and it's not just all Bible study that they talk about because clearly they've been going for what two years now, or no, a whole year, and they haven't made it quite past the halfway point of Revelation that they started with. And, uh, and so other than that, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, it, it always gets me through my Sundays and I always appreciate that as much as I appreciate you, Jeff. So thanks for coming on and, uh, we'll see everyone else next time. And, uh, uh, we'll continue on with our Greg Bonson book against all opposition. Thanks so much for having me.